Head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 239 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Erling Holland of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a very, very interesting night last night uh, at UFC 235. And that's basically going to be it today. There's, it's coming up towards Christmas now. Merry Christmas, everyone. There isn't really that much news and stuff. So we're just going to do a, a good 45-minute-ish uh, breakdown of UFC uh, two, four, five. Is it two, four, five? Two, three, five? Two, four, five? Two, four, five. And uh, have a bit of a chat about it. Graham, how are you? It's very, it's like 12 o'clock here. We only slept for like three hours. Well, I did anyway. You kind of fell asleep through it, did you? How, how are things? How are you getting on? <laughs> yeah, I uh, fell asleep after the Amanda Nunes uh, during the randomly fight, just in the, the wait <laughs> for the next fight. Yeah. Um, but I uh, downloaded it this morning and uh, uh, you, <laughs> managed to get through it yeah, you, free. You, you recorded it and watched it legally, didn't you? That's what happened. I, I somehow downloaded it legally. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sky Sports downloaded it onto your... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Sky Go. It's great now these days. <laughs> technology, legal technology. It's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> But look at us, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll oh, just, I'm saying it again. We'll, uh, we'll bet into it anyway, and uh, you've, you've the fight scene. Come here to me, let's, let's start it this way before we start. Which do you think was the, the best of the three title fights? Uh, boo, Holloway and Volkanovski. Do you? I, I was actually thinking about I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my ratings to you straight up here. I think Nunes was a 6.1, I think Max was a 6.4. And I think Colby versus uh, Usman was a six point six. That's what. I, like I feel like the the main event, it was not a fight I expected it to be, and I actually have a good few criticisms of the fight. But I think the fight we actually got was a very very close fight, a very very tight back and forth. It was a much more skillful fight than I think people would have uh, thought it would be if it was a stand up fight. Now I think we both discussed it last week and talked about. Uh, you know, Colby's stand-up is, is better than people think, and Usman has good stand-up as well. I, th- I thought it was a very good fight, and I think maybe on reflection on it as well, I think it's an even even better fight than than maybe people would acknowledge at the time. Like, what, watching that fight, it was it was a bit frustrating because you're waiting for the takedown all the time. Did you, like, watching a fight like that, you're thinking, okay, these are two really, really good wrestlers, and trying to understand why they're not going for takedowns is like right maybe they don't know if they do go for a takedown it might work and maybe you're expending energy and this is going to be a fight where energy matters well, I, think, I think they both know that if they shoot for an ill-advised not set up takedown that they could end up on the bottom or it could end up you know they, they could end up in a in a bad position and lose the round because it's, it's going to be very difficult to get up from under either either guy so yeah. I think like in other fights Covington would have shot way more takedowns because he didn't respect the wrestling as much as he respects uh, Usman's wrestling, hundred percent. But did not do it at all. Like, and I think actually, okay, uh, Holland, Covington later in the fight, I would agree. I think he should have changed to the wrestling. But earlier in the fight, maybe not. But for Usman, I like someone who took down Tyron Woodley with such ease for five rounds in his last fight to not go for one takedown when like. Watching watching the fight, I was watching it at one stage specifically for like the takedown for Usman. And Covington's front leg is there like all the time. And that's what Usman was doing in the first fight. He was getting that single leg, pushing him against the fence, taking him down. And he, that was open there all night and he just never went for it. Like, I, well, I, how did you have a score going into the, the last round? I had, Let me just uh, look at the... One second now. I, had it, I have it written down here. So I had... Um, I had the first round for Colby. I thought it was. I thought it was close. Though I thought it was very close. Like the, and I, I, I'll talk about what I think the fight went. But the scoring first, 
I thought Kobe. Uh, I thought Kobe won the third as well. I thought Usman won the second, um, and I thought Kobe won the fourth. But uh, like, I think Usman won won the second relatively handily. I thought Kobe landed the more power in the fourth, but it was very close. Like it could have been two two going into the. Uh, it could have been two two going into the fifth. Or it could have been three one to Kobe going into the fifth. I think. How did you have it scored? Yeah, I had a two-two, but it seemed to me that Usman thought he was he was winning the way you said. Oh, he didn't really, you know, he didn't shoot for the takedown, even even if uh, potentially it was there. I thought he thought he was winning, and, and you know, you see a lot of guys kind of in close striking matches they they tend to think they're winning. Yeah, that, that's, like, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Jordan fight, like it, it's amazing. Like even if you do think you're winning that fight, right? It's still a very close fight, and I think like a takedown in that fight can change the whole fight. And we know, I know, we talk about all oh, takedowns, winning rounds, and things, but I, I think a takedown could have changed that fight totally for some whoever was like maybe not brave enough for the, to go for the takedown, but whoever took that initiative and exchanged in those uh, ground exchanges. Let's let's call them that because like especially early, we look at that fight and we see. Colby Covington playing the slow-paced game of Usman early, and like actually, I couldn't believe he did it in the first two or three minutes. That he was just standing there, like boxing, jabbing from the outside with uh, with Cameron Usman. Like that's the total and utter wrong game to play if you're Colby Covington. I think now he changed it up pretty quickly, but there was never uh, like I think this was a good fight between two lads playing the wrong game <laughs> in one way. Like, I think for Usman, it was definitely the better game for Usman to play, but he st- I st- still think he was losing the fight. I, didn't, I still think Colby was in 3-1, or it was you know, relatively close anyway. But if you're to score it as a full fight, I think Colby was winning it. But, like, for Colby, he never put on... The ga- like the gas that he he normally does he, we had we saw glimpses of it but never more than like three or four second you know combinations three or four punch combinations at a time he just he just didn't really do it in this fight to be honest and i think for colby to like be the best fighter he can be he needs to do that i feel like he needs to set that unbelievable non-stop pace because we you know we talked about it last week and we've seen usman before that he, you know, he can go five rounds, he definitely can, but if you set that pace in him, he's a guy who has talked about before himself that he only throws at 30% or whatever it was because he wants to spare himself and he's maybe worried a little bit about that output, and for Kobe to push that pace would have been a smart thing to do, but like, there's there's two fights here, there's the fight that happened, and then there's a fight that uh, you know could have happened, the, 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 the fight we I think we thought we'd have. Well, we kind of we kind of talked about it could turn into like a you know these wrestling matches. There's always that potential of it turning into what it did, mm-hmm. um, and it probably was as you mentioned. It probably was a bit of a higher level striking match than maybe most expected, uh, but it still wasn't you know uh, it wasn't like you know uh, something you can pick like uh, uh, two strikers at the top of any division like um, in the past like even like a Whitaker fight or something like that like you know where the guy isn't necessarily like a lethal striker but he's uh, but he's uh, offers more than 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 what Usman and Covington offer in terms of Arsenal but they are good at you know, getting you know Usman. You mentioned Usman kind of getting in uh, coming into into his game early on, and coming to kind of had to snap out of that. Like, just there's um, you know, it's easy it's easy to say, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. But then when you're in there against somebody who's as good as Usman or as good as Covington, um, and both guys probably you know we mentioned that both guys probably thought they were edging the the striking battle and edging the round, so they were kind of happy enough to to strike it out, which which. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these high-level wrestling match or wrestling guys, uh, when they face each other, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's when I think maybe that that change in uh, approach might have been a little bit better. Might 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 have uh, might have worked out, but but still not like. I, I, as I mentioned there, look, the, the slow pace early was upped a little bit by Colby. Like, I thought Colby was landing some nice shots. And uh, I saw a few people saying, oh, Usman is landing the more powerful shots here. And maybe when, you know, he cracks a guy's jaw like that, you can say he was. But I thought Colby was landing some lovely uppercuts uh, on the inside. He was hurting Usman on the inside. I thought he had him hurt a couple of times. But Usman is obviously a very, very good chin. Um, you know, towards the middle part of the of the fight, 
Usman started hitting the body of Colby, and I actually think that was a big turning point. Maybe to come into the coming in towards the second and third round, coming into the championship rounds, and what in the end kind of yeah. you know uh, win for Usman, in, in especially in that fifth round. But I think there was a bit of um, you know uh, commentary bias as well, where they were whenever Covington landed anything half big, Rogan was and and the commentary boot were kind of giving a giving a loads, and a couple of times when Usman snapped uh, Kobe Covington's head back, there was kind of no reaction. Action. so yeah. um yeah i think that can kind of you know um it's hard it, when, when that's happening it is kind of hard to balance it in your head or, are you kind of overcompensating or you know uh, undercompensating it might be a, a good fight to watch back on silent i, I used to do that uh, a lot but i've kind of gotten out of the habit of doing it but uh, i think it's it's sometimes that can sway how people think the fight are going and when they put up these significant <laughs> strike stats and all, all that it's just oh, uh, please stop putting that up you're 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 distorting people's view of what's going on in the fight mm-hmm. and especially these total strike stats as well they're just the most pointless uh, things ever i hate it all Didn't those... like the, why, why do they use the word significant like in, in, in to like 99.9 percent of people watching it doesn't it means something different than what they intended to mean exactly. oh, so stupid yeah it is it's really stupid and like there's a, a huge misunderstanding of judging on that on that commentary. Like I thought the commentary was maybe the worst commentary we've had in a long time last night on on a UFC broadcast. It just wasn't. Rogan and DC just do not work together. I don't care what anyone says. They spent a minute and a half of a fight, a world championship fight last night, having a bet about a five, you know, about five dollars. Like, yeah, they, oh. DC just wants to be mates with everybody. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean, it's, it's yeah. embarrassing. Like it's, oh, it's. Re- I like DC when he's there by himself, when he's no one to like impress. I, I think he's good in that situation. But him with someone else, especially Rogan. It's you know he goes full Brendan Shaw at times like just uh, being a yes man with Rogan like there was one stage that Rogan <laughs> full Brendan Shaw that's well yeah but that's careful, a bit harsh now. <laughs> that's a bit harsh that's a bit harsh <laughs> but at one stage in one of the fights I think it was the Durandamy uh, when Durandamy was doing she was like boxing from basically the mount and Rogan was like oh you can get some powerful shots from there and DC was like yeah let's move on there <laughs> like if that was Dominic Cruz he would have said that's fucking bullshit what are you talking about that for but yeah and even John Anik and I'm a big fan of John Anik I think he's usually fantastic I didn't think he had a great night last night either I just think it was a bad call up and down but anyway that, back to this fight before we uh, before we move on I suppose the fifth round like we, we can talk about whatever we want in the first four rounds because uh, I think one judge has a 3-1 Colby one dr- judge had a 3-1 Usman and the other judge had a 2-2 so you know it was, it, whatever you score you think it was listed here you're right because every other judge had it unless you had it for nil for someone but uh it was just one of those close fights but in the fifth round it all changed and that's what can happen in mma that's the beauty of mma you know kobe covington got that what he t- but suspected. do you think it changed did he break his jaw or he, he did something he did some damage to his yeah. to his his face anyway i think that kind of <laughs> obviously when you're getting hit it hurts a lot more than after that <laughs> yeah he he didn't break his jaw it came out afterwards but it, that doesn't matter in in the fight Colby Covington had his jaw broken but I actually think it benefited him <laughs> to be honest because it gave him that sense of urgency that he didn't really have in the first what three and a half rounds of the fight when he came out after I think it was after the third round um where he said I think my jaw's broken around maybe after the, the second round it was around then he started going, you know, going after the fight, putting on that pace that he needed to do. And that fourth round, I thought, was very big for Colby. He was landing some big shots. But, it, like, the fifth round, it changes it all. Like, Usman comes out and he lands that big right hand right down through the middle with Colby trying to land as well. He lands a second one and then he finishes it. Now, we can, we can talk about the finish as well. But to land that sort of shot in the fifth round of that sort of fight just shows how good Usman is you know we talked about it after the Tyron Woodley fight and talking about how effortless he made that that fight look and he made it so effortless that I don't think he gets enough credit from us and from everyone else for how good that win actually was because it looked like such a walkover it looked like Tyron Woodley didn't fight well but he's such like he's a very very good fighter and the thing about Usman is Every time I watch him, I feel like he's fighting within himself. I feel like there's, you know, we, we uh, he, he made that, maybe not joke before, but he said, you know, he's fighting at 30%. It feels like Usman is always fighting at 30%. It feels like if he really needed to pull it out of the hat, he kind of can do it. And well, he did that, yeah, yeah in the fifth did, round. He, <laughs> he did do it, yeah, he did. And that's, that's the thing about it. He showed in this fifth round. But, it, like, 
I feel like watching Usman and even looking at his record and the let the record show this week, he's still only young in his career. He's only about 15, 16 fights or something like that. He's still learning. He's still getting better all the time, and it's kind of scary to see how yeah. good Usman will be. A few will more, be in a a few years. more in the Ultimate Fighter, but still, yeah, 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 still for a champion, established champion, it's it's not a lot of fights. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, stoppage at the end? Uh, I thought it was a little early. Uh, I thought he was. I, I thought he was about to finish him, but I thought it was a little early. Yeah. I, at the time watching, I thought it was a perfect stoppage, but watching it back, I thought it was a little early. There was also. A good five or six shots to the back of the head there, which were not someone moving their head. You know, he just catches him to the back of the head, but like full on to the back of the head. Now, they weren't that big a shots or anything, but he definitely landed him to the back of the head. I think Goddard had a good position. I think he moved around. He gave Colby a little bit of a chance. But, you know, it's like the it's like the James Webb fight and even worse than, you know, that we were, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. When someone gets hurt and when they're turtling up and there's nothing really coming back, you're giving the referee a decision to make and is that an intelligent defense when you're after getting knocked down twice and you're just sitting there and someone's just throwing punches at you and you're just holding on for to a leg for dear life yeah i think when you're turtled up like that it's uh, it looks a lot worse and it's kind of more like you've kind of been finished but when you're standing on your feet and you're getting hit i think and you're blocking it's different i think it's it's less lucky for the ref to stop and Covington would have known and would have heard goddard and the crowd kind of go up and goddard saying you know you got to do something here and mm. He didn't. Yeah, he, he definitely. But I thought it was a little, a little early, though. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, I do think it was probably nearly, nearly definitely inevitable. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I, and I hate saying it's inevitable. And he would have like if if the, if it gone to the end of the round and Usman had won, he would have won the decision because he was three one and on one card uh, and two two in the other. So he would have he would have won the, the split decision there. Yeah. So, but you can't say that you know you never know what would happen Colby might have got up and knocked yeah, him out yeah he mm-hmm. might yeah you know you just never know in MMA yeah, like you know know. we've seen guys look finished before a lot of times like uh, Carl Penrett always yeah. comes to mind because there's a few there's a good few incidents like that especially the the Mike King UC Dublin like you know if if that fight had been stopped before and people would have been like ah yeah he was about to be finished he was he was outclassed he was getting lit up he, he had nothing but if you let the fight go on maybe you know <laughs> he comes out and chokes the guy out cold you, you just never now yeah. Colby came out then afterwards and tweeted about Mark Goddard that you know I usually get fucked in the bedroom or something like that when I got fucked in the octagon last night which you know there was an eye poke and it was 100% an eye poke from Colby it was a bad one what about um, the nut shot did you think I don't think I landed at all to be honest cups are quite big though you know yeah. I don't know. It depends, it depends what cup he was wearing, but you know, if you do get kicked on the top of the cup, it could push down it. Uh, like you know, I'm not an expert in getting kicked in the balls of the cup on, but yeah. uh, you know how sensitive it can be down there. Yeah, I, I, like I think you know we talked about it last. I think it was week. close enough to give him the benefit. It wasn't like you know one where you're like that's just nowhere near. I think I think it was you know we talked about last week the the one punch walk off knockout when they give the the referee decision to make. He kind of gave the referee decision to make by kind of calling his own time out. Colby did it as well and Mark Goddard kind of gave out the Colby because I suppose you know he yeah, and I suppose that's his own fault. I suppose you could criticize him for that more than anything because he let Usman get away with it in the start. He probably should have said fight on or don't call the timeout yourself or whatever after that incident, and he didn't. But you know, it was it was actually a tough fight enough for Goddard to to ref because the two of them were, you know, the two of them were playing up that the two of them were looking for an advantage, and I think especially especially Usman early, but then Colby kind of got frustrated by it, and then he started doing it as well. So I was. You know, it was a niggly one, but... Well, we need VAR shot. We oh, need yeah. we need five-minute delays while we figure out if it was a nut shot or an eye poke. Did you see... This... Did he grab the cage? Hold on, VAR check. <laughs> Did you see the second Liverpool goal yesterday when they were checking VAR even though there was a player playing him on he was like five yards onside? Did you see that? Yeah, did you see the second Liverpool goal? That was the one that was disallowed as well. No, I didn't see that. Oh, the offside, oh. I did see that actually. Yeah, that was it's farcical. Like, and I know everyone here, I, I know what I hear Liverpool. Was oh my god, god. but like that, that video, like they, they pause it, you can't see when the ball's left the, the guy's fucking foot. I don't trust him at all. But anyway, this is bring VAR into MMA. We need to, we need yeah, to. We do, <laughs> uh, do you think they make the rematch, Colby versus versus Usman? I think it was um, close enough. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, Covington's obviously a polarizing figure, but he's a he's a known figure. You can't kind of, if you've come in contact with him in any way, you're going to probably remember him. So yeah. that's half the battle. It's is, more than half the battle. Anyway. Is he polarizing though? Does, does anyone actually like him? I think people like maybe... Kind uh, of... Yeah, I'd say that like just some like mad Trumpians or yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. them. 
<laughs> Did I not realise he's kind of taking the piss out of him though? <laughs> you know, because he, he, he's definitely taking the piss out. And like, no, because if you say the exact same things they say, then they think, yeah, yeah. this guy's talking sense. Yeah, that's, that's that is a good point. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a weird one though because I, we won't get into the whole opinions on Colby team because I, I saw someone was wrote an article. I'm not exactly sure it was the other week, and I was the other day, and I was I was reading it, and they were like saying. You know, whether it's an act or not, if Colby's saying these things, you have to take him at face value because he's he's actually saying them. So if he's saying them, you have to attribute him to him. So you know, it's ugh, these things happen in MMA, and look, I don't think too many people are mad this morning that Colby Covington got finished, and maybe it was a little bit early. So look, I, and I I don't care to be honest. And to me as well, I know a lot of people. You know, it's it's their job to look at it that way, and that's the way they look at fights. You know, it's Colby Covington. They don't like him. They don't like the way he speaks, or you know, the same with jo- Jones or McGregor or Anderson Silva with the drugs or whatever it is. When I'm looking at fights here, especially, and you know, we can talk about wh- whether a guy is good or bad or whatever, but I try to look at it as unbiased as absolutely possible whether you're the biggest dickhead of all time or whether i really like you you know i try to look at the fight straight on it's not always possible and sometimes i get it wrong and sometimes frank yeager is fighting triggered by colby covington for example (laughs) yeah but like even i i didn't like the thing colby covington said about burying the irish like the english but i still call it straight down the middle and you know some there was a couple people last night said oh you're biased you're why are you are bias towards colby covington or you know it's it's just weird you're always going to have that side of it, but it's, I try I try very hard to call it straight down the middle, and no, sometimes we don't get it right, but I feel like I do most times. But someone uh, sent in a question, do you feel journalists need to be more unbiased? Like, there is, <laughs> there is sometimes, especially with guys like Colby, isn't there? there? There can be a strong bias against him by some people covering the sport. No, there's no bias in US media. Roxanne Modafferi clearly won that title fight. Yeah, she's about? class. Yeah, Roxanne, the, <laughs> the mama of Irish or American MMA media herself in DC. Jesus, DC is the worst. Though, I think they love DC. Like, God, oh, Jesus, God Almighty. Yeah, sometimes they just latch onto like uh, a guy, and it's, oh, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, it is very embarrassing. How's how's um, Conor McGregor like, getting on the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking that's what people are thinking, but you know, if if uh, if I get proven wrong, then I get proven wrong. But uh, yeah. I think um, I think you know you also gotta not be afraid of people saying that because you know, for example, like I knew when when that Mendez first round that I was when I was going to saying to people, oh, yeah. okay, I won that first round. Like, what are you talking about? If the if the fighters were exactly reversed, there'd be no doubt in anybody's mind. And people are like, oh, you're so biased. I knew people were gonna say that, mm-hmm. and not even consider it because of you know you're irish even like you know even that connection will make people not consider it yeah. but you gotta you gotta not be afraid to give your opinion you know yeah. just because people will say oh well you of course you say that well mm-hmm. yeah i'm not gonna alter my opinion because you you you'd think i'm biased yeah that's that's something i learned as well pretty quickly because i remember uh for the which was the, the second ds fight i think i picked ds and uh sure, you took Mendez won that first round i did at the time yeah, yeah. and I, I was i was definitely wrong. but when i pick I, like i remember put out my picks at the time and i said i'd pick ds and like people were were like tweeting me back are you sure you want to pick ds are you sure you don't want to change it's like i think he's gonna win it doesn't matter if he's fucking irish or american if i think he's gonna win the fight i think he's gonna win and i you know i might be wrong i might be right whatever it doesn't matter if i think someone's gonna win the fight i think they'll they're gonna win the fight and yeah i don't know we're not we're not perfect as we make out of course but uh Sure, look, we're gone madly off on a tangent anyway. But, right, Amanda Nunes, we, we'll get to the Max Holloway Volkanovski fight in a second, but let's talk about Amanda Nunes, Jermaine Randomly. This was on the knife edge there for a second, wasn't it? Because, okay, that first round was a 10 8. Amanda Nunes got, she landed a beautiful straight right at one stage, got a takedown, smashed her on top, ground the pound, almost finished her, arm triangle. I thought she was going to tap at one stage, and it was, there was. There was shades of uh, Carwin Lesnar for me. I thought it was one of them. Was like if she can survive, Amanda Nunes is is going to be maybe maybe not in trouble, but it has expended a lot of energy. And yeah. looking, Amanda I thought Nunes, Nunes didn't yeah. actually kind of probably didn't actually fully commit to the the head and arm Lesnar Carwin yeah. joke. Um, 
maybe it was an energy thing. She think if, if, I, if I go for this fully and I don't get this, I'll burn my arms out and be in trouble here. So maybe it was it was the correct decision. But at the time, you, you thought Durandami looks like a fish out of water on the ground here. She she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just this is over. But then I th- I thought it strange. I thought it was strange that Nunes tried to kind of mount her instead. Maybe it was just a energy thing and she she knows uh she's fought around to me before and she, she knows her credentials in, in striking so she's thinking i don't want my arms to gas out here it could be in big trouble yeah when the start of that second round in uh jermaine randomly landed three hard right hands especially the first one i think and it wasn't called really on commentary but that was a big right hand like looking at Nunes, she looked very tired and you know she looked to be carrying a little bit of weight around the, the midriff as well which is something yeah i, I thought she looked uh, a little out of shape on the walkout i was like oh this is uh, it kind of gave me less confidence in her seeing her walking out and she was kind of uh, you know she was smiling and all that stuff but mm-hmm. she didn't she didn't look as menacing maybe as usual yeah and i think when she went to 145 as well you know she said she f- i think she said in an interview she found it maybe hard to get back to 135 you know did she had to put on a good bit of weight to get up to 145 so maybe it's a thing like that that she's kind of sticking in between those two divisions and maybe cutting a little bit of extra weight or maybe staying not getting as, as ripped as she uh, normally would be for uh for 135 but it didn't really matter because of her intelligence like at maybe the, the one minute point of that second round she had taken those shots she looked tired she was struggling maybe a little bit to get inside and land her own shots but then what did she do she got underneath she got that takedown uh and yeah and- <laughs> she, the, the takedowns just are so easy for her whenever yeah. she wanted them they were there and uh the random me just kind of i'm gonna like but like at the start of being taken down the first few couple of times she just held on and somehow it turned out to be a good tactic and the ref fucking oh stood them up and nearly got nearly got <laughs> Nunes nearly got knocked out afterwards yeah but like what was that about like you know you just grab on for like 20 seconds and you get a stand up but haven't seen that in about 20 years yeah well yeah there was a bit of that alright as well she was punching to the body she was like it wasn't as if she was laying on top of her like you know Mm -hmm. it was she was trying to open her open her up and uh, the randomly was just fully holding on two arms behind the neck and the ref just fell for it it's it's awful yeah she wasn't yeah that that first one I thought was bad alright the, the second time when she took her down, she didn't really do much, especially at the end of the, the second round. And, you know, the Jermaine Renemy probably won that second round because uh, Nunes didn't do much. But the, in the third then and the fourth and the fifth, there was quick takedowns in, in all of those rounds. The, the third round, we saw she, she kind of locked down the arm at one stage as well. And she held her in there with that arm and she was landing a few. But there was that big upkick as well from the Renemy in that third round that, you know, I thought because that was the biggest shot of the round by far and arguably the biggest shot of the fight uh well maybe apart from the, the right hand at the at the start but a judge maybe would have given her that i don't think it did any judge did in the end but that was a big big up kick from Durandami, and i think nunez did a good job of maybe just resting on top after that and gaining her senses back but in the fourth again immediate takedown uh the, the triangle in from Durandami in the in the fourth but you know, Joe Rogan kind of played that up a bit. Nunes just all the time on top and won the round. Uh, low kick from Durand Randomly in the start of the fifth, but what happened? Uh, Manny Nunes caught it, took her down. Didn't land many shots on top. Yeah. But I thought Randomly threw a couple. She, at one stage, she threw like a real lazy body kick and she threw a couple of lazy leg kicks. It's yeah. just. You really need to not do that uh, <laughs> when you're so bad on the ground. Like Yeah, there was, uh, there was a stage around just after, some really bad decisions yeah, yeah the third round i think nunez had gotten on top and had maybe gotten her second wind and wasn't expending that much energy and every time it got standing you knew she was going to take it down and her enemy was just making all the bad decisions like she got on top at one stage uh it got to the feet and she was pushing amanda nunez against uh, the cage and just like stayed there rather than disengaging and just got taken down immediately again it was just it was a quick sort of thing but as you said the decision making in that sort of uh area Jermaine Durand me to win that fight had to make that exact right decision yeah. there somebody as good as you know she's the best women's fighter of all time uh, in most people's minds mm-hmm. and if you're going to if you're going to beat her uh, you can't really be making several errors and throwing lazy kicks and that's uh, just, just uh, uh, it's just sloppy yeah, I I thought 
overall, especially in the first three rounds, it was a very good fight. It was a competitive fight for the second and third round anyway. The first round obviously was a was a ten eight, but I thought the randomly was in it for a lot long part of that fight early, and I didn't think that would happen to be honest. So it was a better fight than I than I thought it would be. But I thought it showed the intelligence of Amanda Nunes. You know, we we both said that she thought she was carrying a little bit extra. She thought she got a little bit tired. Didn't throw or or do the things we normally see of her. Maybe she did a little bit early, but it showed that Amanda Nunes not just this beast of a fighter with this unbelievable physical ability and technical ability. She's also intelligent and she has that ability to take someone down and win the fight the way she needs to win it rather than the way she wants to win it. And we don't see that very often in MMA, but that's top, top level stuff. And that's really why she's the greatest of all time. Another fantastic win for her here, here. I suppose... You know who's next for Manny Nunes? I don't. I don't really. Well, know like uh, as we kind of said in the, <coughs> I think it was in the podcast, maybe in the betting podcast, we said uh, like this is pr- probably the toughest test mm-hmm. in the division for Nunes. If one of them, if not the toughest test, and you know she, bar you know, I don't think that the submission attempt was close from the randomly, but yeah. bar a couple of big moments as you mentioned earlier early she kind of had it all her own way uh takedowns easy you know even on the feet she obviously Durandamy is a very well credentialed uh Muay Thai fighter but she she held her own for for most of the fight and she's even with the even with the kind of carrying a bit of extra weight she's still one handily and it just shows how how good she is yeah 100% um right let's talk about Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I thought I honestly think this is one of the most fantastic performances we've seen in in UFC history. I'll I, I, I'll put it that far because. But you only gave the fight. You, you gave the fight less than the Covington fight, though. No. I did because I thought it was more one sided. I thought, I thought like this is a fight. Okay, it was a close fight, but I thought this fight was all Alexander Volkanovsky like if you're scoring this fight as a, a, a full fight like, like if you're scoring Usman versus Colby as a full fight you're not still close they both had their moments it was very very close until you got to the end uh, and I suppose if you take away like the last 30 seconds it's it's a very close fight this fight if you're scoring it as a full fight Volkanovsky won it handily like there was three close rounds in this but there was two rounds that really weren't close and Volkanovsky I thought his performance was absolutely phenomenal. I give it a six point four because you know I'd usually give it in the in the fives if it's a one sided fight. But Max, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a completely one sided fight. But I thought Volkanovski's performance was just was just absolutely fantastic. I didn't, and I I think I'm not going to criticize Max's performance because I think Volkanovski just took away the fight from him. Really, those leg kicks early were just absolutely fantastic and those leg kicks actually allowed Volkanovski to come in and hook Max Holloway because by kicking his leg he kind of took away that movement he took away Max Holloway's kind of um maybe not want to come in but his his I don't know the ease of which Max Holloway kind of walks people down when he was trying to walk Volkanovski down he was just hitting him with a leg kick and Volkanovski yeah he couldn't get into his rhythm that he usually gets into usually he kind of builds up a head of steam kind of gradually getting more loose and getting kind of grinding the guy down and he just he wasn't allowed to set he had to keep changing stances because uh, because of the leg kicks and because of the the different angles uh, he he couldn't quite get going Mm -hmm. and I think actually you know you said there is changed uh, changed stances I think that was in the halfway point to the second round it was all Volkanovski up until then but Max I think won the second half of that second round I think that round was very close Volkanovski definitely won the first so the second round was very close because of that but in the third it was an easy round for Volkanovski and this is another part of of MMA like the Nunes thing where she can switch up and that shows her intelligence and her brilliance this shows how brilliant Volkanovski is because Max Holloway when he switched to Southpaw they took away that front leg from the kick now he was kicking the uh, the, the next front leg that, that approached him with the other side but it wasn't having as much of an effect as the as the punches to the, the or sorry the kicks to the left leg it would be so he was the right leg now instead they weren't having as much of an effect but what Volkanovski did very well he was stepping into that front foot and throwing hooks and 
Holloway in the southpaw position, obviously he's not as used to fighting out of the southpaw as he is fighting out of the orthodox. Just wasn't as quick there, didn't have the ability to spring off that back foot as well because it was hurt. And Volkanovski was just faster in there and landing those bigger shots. Like, I never thought for a second that Volkanovski would be able to hook his way to a win against Max Holloway. And that's exactly what he did. Like, Holloway is vulnerable right down through the middle as we saw against Poria just by the way he stands but Volkanovski took away his game and was able to beat him at his own game it was abs- it was absolutely fantastic a brilliant brilliant performance for Volkanovski and he did it for the first two and a half rounds at a pace with which was absolutely perfect for him because I spoke last week about Volkanovski and we've seen him in the past when he fights at a high pace he gets a little bit tired and you know you're going to with that you know kind of small squat body but he fought at an even pace for two and a half rounds and then up the pace and up the pace and up the pace as it went. The fourth round, Max did well again, I thought, landing combinations. Um, but Volkanovski was landing hooks, just landing the bigger shots. It was a close round again, but I think Volkanovski just about won it. Max up the pace in the fifth. Volkanovski was landing hard in the exchanges again. Uh, Max was landing lots of shots, and I think that was another close round. But, you know, Volkanovski won that fight 3-2, 4-1, I think. Just, uh, was a, I can't say enough about the performance of Volkanovski. It was brilliant. It was like, how yeah. impressed were you? You know, you've always been complimentary of how good Max Holloway is, aren't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, but like Volkanovski, obviously, we kind of there was a few unknowns with him going into this fight, and I kind of when we were talking on the betting show, you were you were picking Max Holloway, and I was just thinking, oh, it's just. I just had a, I just wanted to stay away from that fight because I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was it, it just kind of sometimes in your in your head you kind of have a picture of, of what's going to happen. But in this one it was just kind of I didn't know because um, also you mentioned the, like the cardio of Volkanovski. Yeah. Like was he going to be able to do that for five rounds? And he, he did it for four, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. And in the fifth round he wasn't you know he wasn't hands on his knees or anything, but he was visibly I think uh, tired or maybe he also knew here I have this in the in the bag here i don't need to do anything too too drastic but uh yeah he showed like you know the pace he put on he showed really good cardio like max holloway you know usually if if he can if he can get into the later rounds he's usually can be on be on top and even though he did win the the fifth round it was in my, on my scorecard it was uh was very close mm-hmm. um and he and he lost the fourth rounds uh, so uh, maybe if falcon else he needed to win the fifth round it would have been a different story as well yeah. uh, i think he just had holloway's number uh just a really really good game plan and uh perfect execution yeah 100% i think it's it's a you know it's a jigsaw puzzle as well because uh, that fourth and fifth round, especially the fourth round, was only made a, a, a puzzle, a, a jigsaw puzzle. Why? What did I say? Uh, I thought you said it's strange. Maybe you didn't know. I think I puzzle. definitely did say it's strange. I, I, I did say it. Right. I don't know what I said, but uh, like I, I feel like the fact that he fought the way he did for the first two and a half rounds and forced that fight into a slow-paced fight where he won won him the fight late because I I genuinely do think if he'd fought Max Holloway's pace for the first three rounds and even won those three rounds i think he would have been finished late because i don't think he can i don't think he has the cardio that uh, max uh, holloway has and i don't think probably anyone has because he's absolutely fantastic and keep going there but if he had fought an unbelievable pace where he wasn't leg kicking him where he wasn't stopping max holloway in his game where he wasn't fighting at that slower pace that was and slower is the wrong word you know a more intelligent pace i think in the fourth and fifth round there last night he would have gassed out and he would have lost that fight he would probably got finished but it was brilliant you know the, the first piece of the puzzle take away holloway's leg slow it down the second piece of the puzzle i'm able to up this pace later on because i have this gas tank with me that i haven't used up early in the fight and then we can get to him hooking, we can get him stepping inside, literally stepping on that front foot and getting in and throwing those big hooks right up through the middle. Like that left hook all night was just money for Volkanovski. And you know, he was taking a lot of shots from Max Holloway right on the gloves as well, and they weren't landing. Now, Max Holloway landed his shots as well, but this was a good example, I think. Uh, you know, we talk about judging, and we'll definitely talk about the Aldo fight in a second, but this was a good example of a fight that was close but could have been 5 0 to Volkanovski. Because MMA can be scored like that. But that's what you get when it's the ten point must system. You know, it was it was a close fight in terms of the ten point must system scoring one, two round one, two, three, four, and five. <clears throat> As an overall fight, I think Volkanovski, uh, you know, definitely won it. But uh, you know, an all time performance. I know we talked about the rematch for Colby and Usman. Dana White's talking about a rematch in Australia for these two. That makes complete sense, doesn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you know, uh, obviously, forty nine, forty six kind of sounds a bit wide, but it, it was it was competitive the whole way. And mm-hmm. Max Holloway is a fighter who, you know, he can, you know, go back and see. Okay, these leg kicks really affected me, and yeah. game plan for that. It's not as if it's it's like uh, I couldn't stop get taken down, and my wrestling is not on his level. It's just little little changes, and this mm-hmm. fight could, could be completely different. Yeah, but Volkanovski going to make those changes as well because yeah, he's absolutely, smart. Yeah, yeah. But I saw someone actually tweeted me that last night. I think Max Holloway will win the rematch because he won't take as many leg kicks in the second round. And that, you know that's not a bad shout. He he absolutely might do that. So that's why I want to see it. I want to see. It. I love technical battles. Everyone listens to this podcast probably knows that. And the technical battle and that and how we'll break that fight down again will be will be absolutely fascinating. So I re I I actually really hope they make that fight. But before uh, before we move on, let me just take a little bit of a victory lap here because this is what I wanted to see when I was talking about the next lineup of featherweights coming through. This is what we wanted. This is why moving past Frankie Edgar and Jose Aldo is what we needed. They're great fighters. They've been around for years. But Volkanovski is then like, how can people want Frankie Edgar to fight Holloway before Volkanovski? Like, how can that happen? This is the fight we should have had six months ago. Because if you say Volkanovski, people are like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, but uh, I'm talking about MMA fans. Fair enough, casual fans. If you know Frank Yeager and you don't know Volkanovski. But fucking hell, lads. Come on. <laughs> you know, we... Oh, God almighty. This this is the fight. Like, this was a, a fucking fantastic fight and a fantastic win for Volkanovski. But at least maybe we're past that now. And, you know, we, we get this rematch again. And then Volkanovski against Ortega. And Volkanovski against, you know, everyone else. But Magomed Sharapov coming through and all of these guys and it'll probably be Frank Edgar if he wins next weekend but anyway right uh, Marlon Moraes versus Jose Aldo right how did you how did you have this score there was lots of hobbery shouts going around online I don't think it was uh, yeah it was pretty clear enough. first and third Moraes yeah. uh, the first could have been a 10-8 but I thought it was just a 10-9 uh, the second was was definitely Aldo yeah. uh, looked like he'd taken over the fight but Moraes uh, adjusted and so, I don't know. I thought he pretty pretty clearly. I was surprised it was a split decision, and then I was very surprised at all the 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 Hobbery talk. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I, t- I totally agree with everything you said there. Marais landed that big high kick early, and you know there was shades of of McGregor versus Aldo on the four year anniversary this week as well. But Aldo came through. You know, he took that shot. He proved that at one thirty five he can take uh, big shots like that. Uh, he came into it in towards the mid part of the round. He landed a nice kick, but it was I think it was Marlon Moraes' round. He was landing the the bigger shots. Uh, Aldo started going to the body, started pressuring in the second. Marlon Moraes really wasn't landing anything. It was all Aldo, and Marlon Moraes was slowing down a bit. You could see he was getting a little bit tired, and the the same pop wasn't on the shots. Uh, and then into the third, you know, it was the same thing early. Aldo was pressuring, but he was landing nothing in this round. And for, I tweeted at the time, maybe it was about three minutes in, I was like, Aldo has landed nothing here. Absolutely nothing. And uh, Marais had landed a couple, but it was still a close round. But it was it was the dangerous game for Aldo. Because in that second round, you know, we looked at it. Marais is getting tired. Aldo's taking over. He's landing all the shots. Aldo's good in three-round fights. He's used to fighting five-round fights as well. He's well able to keep up that pace. And he did keep up the pace, but Marlon Marais kind of got a second wind and he was circling out well and he was landing midway through the fight he landed some hard shots late and he definitely landed more harder shots in that round you can take your fucking statistics and significant strikes and this bullshit marlon marais landed the better shots in that during round the first round it was basically the significant strikes were like even or aldo had one more or something on the you know and that come on like that round nearly was a 10-8 yeah so uh yeah i wouldn't, wouldn't worry about the stats as we mentioned earlier but um, I thought in the second round when Aldo kind of had Marais a bit rocked and a bit mm-hmm. confused and a bit, he should have he should have thrown in a few leg kicks. Yeah, I don't know why why he didn't. And Marais didn't really either. And I think in the last thirty seconds, Marais tried to put a stamp on the the third round and threw in a leg kick or or two. If I can't even remember, but that was about it for 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 two guys who are so good at leg kicks historically it was surprising and when you have a guy kind of backing up against a cage at one stage <clears throat> kind of covering covering up I thought Aldo would lash a couple of leg kicks in there but uh, uh, maybe it wouldn't have been maybe it wouldn't have been significant but Aldo's leg kicks are usually significant uh, yeah I think Aldo stopped throwing leg kicks he doesn't really throw them that much anymore and I think he stopped doing it because 
he was people ready for him. You know, people had counters coming up to those leg kicks and were going to come yeah, inside. Yeah, well, he's done like what, like ten minutes of pure boxing or whatever. Yeah, the guy's not expecting yeah. it then. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, he, but he should be doing it later on. If I, he just kind of, he's kind of given up on the leg kick. I think you know he, he did it. I think he did it. Was it Jeremy Stevens or one of the recent fights where he won? But yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, even in late in the round, if he is afraid of getting hit right down through the middle, throw on fucking late in the round and and back out as, as fast as you can after it and it could yeah. seal you around. In that third like, round where you're kind of hitting the air, the boxing's kind of yeah. not working like it was in the second round. Like You got really nothing to lose. The fight's going again. You know you've lost the first round or maybe he doesn't remember because he's getting clocked in the in the first round but yeah. surely his corner's down. He knows that he, this fight is in the balance that, uh, like it could go either way anyway. Yeah. It's just... It's just uh, I thought he, he missed a trick there, but obviously uh, it's easy to beat a general after the battle. It is Artem, it sure is. But but, uh, but I was thinking at the time, though, in fairness, yeah, like, you know, well, last couple of yeah. leggings in here. Yeah, I, I think Aldo looked good at one thirty-five. Though I think you know I don't, I don't think he you know he he got tired or anything. It was just Maurice was maybe a little bit faster, which is going to happen uh, as well at at one thirty-five. But see, afterwards, Dana White said that uh, Henry Cejudo texted him and he wants Aldo next. He thinks he wins the fight, won the fight, and Dana. White says he wasn't against that idea, which is fucking, which is pretty mad. I can't, I don't think can give Aldo the title fight after he clearly lost in that in that uh, in that fight. And Maurice is not yeah, getting Rob Frank Yeager, like come on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Frank Yeager, will, he'll go full McGregor here, win a win a fight to wait up and uh, and get the title shot. <laughs> Dana White said it's gonna happen if Cowboy if McGregor beats Cowboy, but yeah, Frank Yeager's fight next week is when we get to that uh, in a, in a second. But um, Peter Yan then against. Uh, Uriah Faber won the first round easy, changing stances, doing very well. Uh, in the second round, dropped Faber two or three times. Faber got a massive bulge in his head. There was blood coming out of it. I thought it was going to be stopped, but they cleaned it out and it wasn't as bad, but it was definitely in his eye. Um, uh, he got a straight left down through the middle for the first knockdown and the elbow for the second. Uh, and then he got the, the knockout in the third with the big high kick. You could see it. I think I tweeted in the first round that that high kick with the left side was there all the time when Faber was coming in and throwing that right hand or even just in normal, you know, in normal boxing exchanges. He was just he was just wide open, I think, for the left side and, and uh, Jan threw it on the break when he got closer because if you're throwing it from the outside, he, you know, your rival might see it coming and take it down or something. So he had to pick his, his, uh, his time to throw it and he threw it well in the end and got the finish. But I think... Uriah Faber did significantly better in this fight than I thought he did. Now he still got absolutely smashed and probably lost, you know, two, ten, eight rounds before he got uh, he got knocked out in the third. But I thought it was a good competitive fight. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought Faber actually did quite well to survive. I thought he was finished earlier than he, than he was, and he showed a lot of heart. But he's just uh, the game has just evolved way past him. And Peter Yan is obviously a really good prospect. Uh, we've we've been talking about him for a little while now, and he's been very impressive. And maybe uh, maybe Faber's not the the test that any kind of test from really but in the in the casuals always it's a big win it's a big win for Peter Yan on, on a big stage like on a on a big card with three title fights so uh I keep calling him Peter but um Peter is it I don't know but um yeah we'll, we'll call him Pete yeah, um but yeah I, t- <laughs> Pete-Z, I thought uh, Pete Yan yeah let's call him that I, th- I thought he looked good like you know he wasn't afraid to go on the ground he wasn't afraid to go anywhere he's well rounded and he, he you can see he has trust he has belief in his abilities and he uh you know he wasn't phased by you know the kind of big spot or anything like that so uh yeah it was another another really good performance and a highlight real finish from uh kind of as expected uh he was uh one of my uh one of my bets, uh, one of my three bets on the, the betting show. We won, yeah, we had three out of six bets in the betting show this week, so we did pretty well <laughs> between us. We got three out of six, yeah, right? Three so. out of three for me. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. Three out of three for me. Look, it's, it's a team effort here, bro. It's just, <laughs> we're a mate. There's no point. There's no eye in team. There's, there's no eye in team. There's no eye in team, indeed. Uh, right, the rest of the fights then, uh, Jeff Neal got a, a big... Uh, TKO of Mike Perry. There was a couple of dick kicks early. Uh, head kick, Hart Perry. Uh, picked a lovely right hand against the cage. Then did Neil. 
uh, and the left finished it. Uh, the referee was a little bit late, and he was kind of on the wrong side, but it wasn't the worst in the world. But, you know, Jeff Neal looked very good again. He's one of the top prospects in, in the UFC, just a very, very good fighter. And it's a tough guy like like Mike Perry, who's had a great chin. You know, Uriah Faber's chin as well, didn't mention that. He's an all-time chin, Uriah Faber, we have to mention that. But, yeah, um, Jeff Neal just took Mike Perry uh, out of it, as did Irina Aldana for Ketlin Vieira. Now, like, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for Vieira here because she's been out for, for so long and she comes in and it's a tough fight to fight Irina Aldana. And you're a big fan. Yeah, of who? Vieira. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. I like uh, like Aldana. I've always been a fan of Aldana. I tweeted in 2014. I just uh, saw it there last night. That is like, oh, this is Aldana is like a big, big future since I was dead right. Yeah, I'm, I'm always right. But, sure, um, you probably said that about loads of guys who yeah. cut from the UFC now. I probably did, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, Aldana landed that big left hook, knocked her down, and finished her on the ground. Absolutely KO'd on the ground. Like. It's a tough fight for Vieira to come back into, and maybe it doesn't look like that in paper because of Aldana is down the rankings and things. But her ability and to to fight on the outside to pick shots, she takes a few herself, but she hits hard and is a very very good fighter and she has improved all the way and she has that schooling as well in Invicta and in the UFC for a few fights now. I think she's won four for last five or something like that. So. The prospect we thought Irina Aldana was going to be has come to fruition over the last few years. Now, it's not always gone her own way, but this was the culmination of it, really, and a fantastic win for Aldana. Really, really, really good win. Yeah, Omari Ekmanov beat Ian Heinish, and uh, not a great fight, to be honest. It was all right. Uh, we had Ben Saunders doing what Ben Saunders does. He is a good first round. And got finished in the in the second round. Well, match. he throws up a triangle, and if it doesn't work, he's doomed. Yeah, that that's exactly it. Uh, he he had the arm triangle at one stage, but Max or Max Matt Brown just kind of held himself inside it, um, and he was sucking the triangle in for the for the full round. It didn't really do much. Uh, Brown hurt him early, ground and pound, got stood up. Uh, hurt him on the feet and then he finished him with with ground upon. So good to see Matt Brown back. Make Matt Brown versus Wonderboy. That's what they should do. Make that make that rematch. We all need to see it. Um, Chase Hooper, four year old child fighting Daniel Timor and beat him. Looked really really good. I think I think he's nineteen or something. So a good prospect coming through there. Uh, Brandon Marino versus Kai Kara France. Brandon Marino looked absolutely fantastic against someone who I like in Kai Kara France. Uh, Jessica I missed weight by 78 pounds and beat Viviana Arujo. Oh, terrible. God almighty. Je- like Jessica I. I'm, I'm amazed Jessica is actually still in the UFC because, she, you know, Kat, um, what's her name? Uh, Liz Carmouche got released there last week and they talked about releasing her because she's never going to be a champion and because she's probably going to beat up and come in contenders and this the Jessica is in the same ball like you know she I'd say she lose one fight and she'll be gone uh, and I'm amazed maybe she's she's not already gone but yeah missing weight by that much and then beating an up and coming contender you know, is is unfortunate, I suppose, for the UFC. But and then uh, Punhele Soriano beat Oscar Pichota via KO. Very, very, very good KO. Knocked him into next week. But overall, a good card. Last pay per view of the the decade. Fair play to him. Go on, you sound like you had something to say there. Yeah, three bets out of three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna retire as a betting expert, and uh, I'll be unretired by uh, the next pay per view. <laughs> That's it. Next year. That's in the next decade, anyway, Graham. I'm sure. Are you betting uh, MMA retirement? You're betting Cerrone to win in that one, or yeah, is that your first bet anyway? It's, it's, you'll have, you'll have to tune in to find out. It's <laughs> a mystery. Patreon.com for us. That's Right. Let's talk a little bit about next week's card here. Uh, Bellator of a card as well before we get to the, the UFC one. Uh, Lee Malen McFarland's fighting Kate Jackson. That should be uh, should be fun. AJ McKee versus Derek Campos. Uh, that should be fun as well. Naima Gracie, Kichi Kunimoto, uh, and a few other people as well on that card. Then the UFC card, we have... Um, Pantoja versus Matt Schnell on the undercard as a flyweight fight. It's the second fight from the from the bottom. I can't believe it's that far. This should be the, the co-main event. It's a, that's a fantastic fight. Pantoja versus Schnell. Schnell has been fighting unbelievably well recently. We know how good Pantoja is. I really love that fight. 
and I can't believe it's this far down, to be honest. Uh, we've Cyril Gagne back in this fight as well. The the big, huge prospect coming out of um, coming out of France. We have Saeed Nurmagomedov on the undercard as well. Um, and then we have Duho Chai on the main card fighting Charles Jordan. We have Alexander Rakage versus Volkan Odzimir <coughs> in a big uh, light heavyweight fight. And we have Frankie Edgar versus Chan Sung Jung. What do you think of that fight, Edgar versus the Korean Zombie? Do you think, uh, do you think Edgar taking it on short notice might, might work against him? A team Graham versus uh, your boy Frankie Yeager. My boy, yeah, I, uh, Frankie's the legend. Like, <laughs> it's it's an interesting fight because I think, um, like, I think if Frankie Yeager can get inside, push him against the cage a little bit throughout the fight, it might help his striking. Um, because you know we know how good Frankie Yeager is. He's he's fast and he can he can land strikes. He can miss an awful lot too. He can but, get air, yeah. yeah, I think like the Korean Zombie would be trying to pick shots and be trying to knock Frankie Yeager out as he tends to do. And maybe over five rounds he will. But you know Frankie has a very very good chin and he can take a lot of shots. I think it'll be. I think it's going to be a yeah. close five round fight. To be honest, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, you know, the Korean Zombie will probably have success, but Frank Yeager is a very hard man to put away, uh, mm-hmm. and he's relentless. And he, if he does get takedowns, he's good at he's good at uh, staying on top. Um, but Korean Zombie is is very scrambly and does have submissions. It's a very very interesting fight. Um, Korean Zombie hasn't been too active uh, since he went off to military service there ages ago. Yeah, it's kind of stunted him a bit, but he he. You know, he, he, the media I read around when he's come back said he was training all throughout it, but you know it's not the same. Um, Frank Yeager has obviously been in a lot of a lot of fights, a lot of minutes as well. Like I know Korean Zombie has, but Frank Yeager has been there taking a lot of shots, a lot of ring time. Um, I, I think it's, I think this is this is a really good fight. I think it's going to be a, a really close decision. But I think. Um, I think Edgar's probably going to win. Yeah, do you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Not, I haven't thought about it as much as maybe I should have with all the fights last night. But yeah, I've, I don't know. I feel like maybe the way a fights score today, maybe the the shot, the the bigger power of uh, the Korean Zombie might see him through. But I think it'll be fun anyway. Uh, I must mention as well, Josh Barnett is fighting Ronnie Marks next week in another Bellator card. Uh, Eric Peter, or Eric. Uh, uh, Perez is also on that card and a few more so there you go uh, right one or two questions here before we go Rug Rug Sean Dini asks can anyone stop Rug Rug did you see this lad he's like he's like a Senegalese wrestling champion and he came in here and he fought uh, Sofian uh, Bokachu who we've seen in Cage Warriors he's a good fighter you know I think he's 6-3 and three or something like that he's fought Tom Aspinall in Cage Warriors and he just destroyed him like he's not the most technically brilliant fighter in the world in terms of striking but he took him down just absolutely destroyed like a, a 240 pound man threw him around like he was a little child got caught in a kimura and just like stood up lifted him up via the kimura and just smashed him down he said he's like i don't know he's like something out of fucking marvel or something he's, a, he's a, just a superhero of man i was thinking if they incredible could, oh he's unbelievable like if they could get him over to aka for fucking two years he'll be a ufc champion like he's just this sort of athlete he is and this is this is like born oh, and he'll have so many injuries that he'll have to retire <laughs> yeah that's true but this is like <laughs> this is like born and bred athlete like special different sort of fucking animal like this this is this guy this guy could be anything now if he stays in Senegal I'm not sure where he's training or anything like that and he's just you know still doing his his Senegalese wrestling and he doesn't learn strike or anything he won't go far because someone good will beat him um but oh, oh god if someone if a fucking Javier Mendez or a Firas Sahabi or a Safe Sayuda one of them gets a gets a hold of him Ooh, a Eugene Behrman, send him over there. I think Ariel tweeted last night, Eugene Behrman and City Kickboxing, I think they're called, didn't have a UFC fighter last year and now they have two champions. That's fucking phenomenal. Unbelievable. Like, he's a coach of the year, he has to be. But yeah, send, send Rug Rug over there, he'll be, uh, be very good. Um, My boy Pulver uh, from um, the... TSOV over on YouTube. Give him a follow. Very good podcast. Uh, Amanda said in the post, post-wife pester, she isn't interested in boxing Clarissa Shields. While refreshing to hear how much uh, of has that to do with her display of in boxing forces for women. Yeah, I like this. Do you see Clarissa Shields? She's like a world champion boxer. They're on about having her versus Nunes. But there's talk about it in MMA, which is fantastic. I'd love to see that because Nunes is just absolutely smasher, to be honest. I've no, like, I've no interest in seeing people going over and get smashed in boxing. We've already had a bit of that, but... 
let's let's see it in MMA. I've I've no problem doing that. But yeah, there's the women's women are not getting paid as much in boxing unless maybe your Katie Taylor is there in MMA. So it's probably better to do it in uh, to do it in MMA. Shawnee, any ass as well? Was Jessica I, uh, Rob a hobbery? I I don't think it was. To be honest, I I thought she had uh, I thought she had one. But there you go. Right, Graham. Uh, what, what day are we today? The twenty second. So we'll be. I suppose we'll be back next week. I'm actually going to beer next weekend. But what day we'll, do we have today? The fifteenth. Yeah, the twenty second. No, the twenty second next week. So Arrow will be back with a podcast at some stage. Anyway, I'm sure. We'll talk about. But the the fights. Yeah, we'll be back. At you'll some be doing stage. your. you be doing your Ben Askren Christmas yeah. Day special. I was thinking of releasing my uh, twenty ball predictions for the year on Christmas Day. Do you think people will like that? Yeah, I think people are, a lot of people are bored yeah. <laughs> after kind of all the get up early or do all the things in the evening, people kind of bored, so. Yeah, I, I must start drafting up my fucking uh, nominations for the, the awards as well. I hate doing it, like, I You should do a, you should do a podcast it. version where you explain why you picked the, the ball prediction. Oh, why do the ball prediction? Yeah, we could do that, yeah. Why you, why you, why you, why you think it could happen? Yeah, we actually will do that. I'll, I'll do my ball predictions. We'll do a podcast. I'll make fun of, I'll make fun of you. And then you can make fun of us as we do it. Yeah, okay. I like Great. that. I like that idea. Everyone sign up. Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. We'll do that and we'll release it as like a free podcast. One of the days that we like need to take off or something because it's Christmas and we're going on the beer and things. So yeah, we shall do that. Right, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. Um, really appreciate it. Sign well, up. We'll what? be back before Liverpool are potentially the the champions of the world. Come, come or? on, come on! All champions of the world. Who cares about that? You've won the league. Like who cares about the world championship? Yeah, nobody. You're going for Jose Mourinho here with the fucking charity <laughs> shield. Yeah, we won. We won five times. I know. In year, fairness, but... I'd love to. I'd love to win the the world club yeah, championship. Yeah, uh, <laughs> world champions, you know, would be you know, we might as well win another trophy there while, while we're at it. Who are you supporting today, Man United or Everton? Um, I don't care. No, Man United only got to be three points <laughs> like off. To see, top I, like, I, like, I like to see, I like to see Man United lose, but I want to see Oli get the job, yeah. uh, or keep the job. I don't want. He's in the though. summer. He's in all right. Yeah, but like you know, you're never going to win anything. You're never going to challenge like for the title with with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer as your manager. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So uh, never liked you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Liverpool won again. Um, off to to go and probably win. Hopefully, win the the. World yeah, Club yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Right. The Man United match is coming on 10 minutes. So I need to finish this podcast. Right, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. All that's left to do is give you the inspirational quote of the week. Nothing you wear is more important than your smile. Ah, oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> See you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday. Merry Christmas. <laughs>